baby. Yes, sir! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the You're Still Out Golf podcast. I am your host, JT. It is U.S. Women's Open Week. If that doesn't get you excited already, it's U.S. Women's Open Week at Pebble Beach, the world-famous seaside golf course that uh, probably the most picturesque place on the planet. Super stoked to welcome in shortly uh, Madison Henson Tolchard, who has qualified for the U.S. Open. Also going to welcome in today's co-host. You know her as Mick. It is Mikayla. Uh, she is back once again, fresh off a uh, great performance on the WOGA Women's Oklahoma Golf Association Stroke Play event out at the Greens. We'll, we'll dabble into all that. Before we get there, want to show some love to our home course here in the Oklahoma City Metro. That's Lincoln Park Golf Club couple more days that you can get yourself signed up for the Lincoln Park Club Championship, July 8th and 9th, 18 holes on the East Course, 18 holes on the West Course, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, great player gifts, great prizes, and most importantly, great competition to test your game at the oldest municipal club championship in Oklahoma. Uh, go to okcgolf.com, click on Lincoln Park, and very clear where to get signed up for the club championship. My guy Aaron Christopete here at Lincoln Park says the course is dialed in. I believe it only took one over par this week to qualify into the men's stroke, um, excuse me, men's match play championship. So this place is playing tough. It'll be a great test for our local golfers. Again, okcgolf.com to sign up for the Lincoln Park club championship all right Michaela Dorenzo how are you today happy to have you co-hosting our U.S. Women's Open preview doing good doing good a little tired from the last couple of days of golf but we got pretty lucky I know it's supposed to get hot starting today so it is going to get very very hot I think that um, you know in Oklahoma you really have to be a darn tough golfer because we play all winter. We can have some some rough weather in the winter. Uh, we play all summer. It gets hot. It gets muggy. Uh, we have a very short couple windows to play golf in good weather. So so kudos to you. Time stamping this a bit. We are recording this uh, on uh, Wednesday before U.S. Women's Open Week. And so anything that transpires between now and then, uh, forgive us for not being able to cover that. Want to welcome in our guest, our what will be boots on the ground out in Monterey, Maddie Henson Tolchard. Mad Dog, welcome back to the pod. Excited to have some fun banter about Pebble Beach and the U.S. Women's Open. Where in the world do we find you today? Um, I'm back in Stillwater for a couple of days. Oh, very nice. Uh, gonna, I mean, that's the... That's the way to prep for any major golf tournament is go out to Carson Creek for a couple of days and let that place hone your skills because uh, you get around there, you can pretty much get around everywhere. What, what's uh, what's Carson like right now? 
Um, I went out and played a couple of holes yesterday and it's looking pretty good. It's very green. Um, I mean, it was a bit soggy yesterday because of the massive storm that came through in the morning. Um, but otherwise it's looking pretty good. They're getting ready for the renovations coming up in October. So, well, we're going to touch on that a little bit later in the pie. Cause I'm curious, uh, your thoughts in general, and then, um, your thoughts specific to how Karsten plays, uh, for the ladies, uh, versus the guys, but obviously the main event that we want to talk about is the U.S. Women's Open uh, being played at world-famous Pebble Beach Golf Links. Uh, I have I have a little bit of a kind of spring in this on you guys. I didn't tell you because I wanted you guys not to cheat. We're going to do a little we're going to do a little trivia here, a little, little Pebble Beach, little U.S. Open trivia. Um, I'll make it multiple choice best I can so that it's not too tough. So Mick, I'm starting with you. Do you know what Ready. year Pebble Beach opened? I'm going to give you multiple choice. Was it 1900? Was it 1919? Or was it 1928? I'm going to go 1919. Nailed it. Course was designed by, as it says here on Wikipedia, Champion yes. golfers Jack Neville and Douglas Grant opened on February 22nd, 1919. Of note, Neville also designed the back nine at Pacific Grove, which is kind of like the poor man's Pebble Beach is what they call it over there. Uh, it was actually extensively rent, uh, kind of renovated or redone in 1928 by Chandler Egan. He's kind of the guy that gets um, credit for the uh, current design. But Alistair McKenzie, Robert Hunter... Also, big names in the golf architectural world in the golden age uh, touched Pebble Beach. So, good job. You nailed it. You nailed it. Okay. Mad Dog, this is going to be a true or false for you. Are you ready? The yeah. U.S. Women's Open has never been played at Pebble Beach. True. True. You nailed it. First time that the U.S. Women's Open is going to Pebble Beach. Uh, kind of keeping the USGA's recent track record of going to championship golf courses that we all know and love, but the women have not gone and played in major tournaments. Very nice. Uh, next up, I want to ask you, Mick, how many majors has Pebble Beach hosted? I'm thinking six U.S. Opens. I don't know past that, so I guess I'm going to go six. Six is correct. It is six U.S. Opens. To I'm on a roll. You I'm are roll killing today. it. You are killing it. And and really, I gave you guys no prep. This is not uh, kind of a uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say the answers off the air, and you guys will all nail this. We, we, you guys are on a serious roll. It has hosted the U.S. Open. Uh, it has also hosted uh, the U.S. Amateur, I believe, on multiple occasions, most recently in 2018 when, uh, when Mad Dog's uh, very good friend Victor Hovland hosted the, hosting the um, U.S. Women's Open for the first time. I'm seeing here it actually did host the PGA Championship as well. So you nailed it on the U.S. Opens, Mick. I guess it hosted a PGA back in 1977. All right, last question. Who 
said, and, and Maddie, this is going to be tough, so I'm going to give this one to you. So sorry you get the tough one. Uh, I will give it multiple choice. The most famous quote about Pebble Beach is it has been called the greatest meeting in the world of land and sea. Right? The greatest meeting in the world of land and sea. Was that quote by Mark Twain, Robert Louis Stevenson, or Tiger Woods? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Uh, the first one, <laughs> the first one, Mark Twain, incorrect. Robert Louis Stevenson, poet, author, dubbed, uh, Monterey, uh, the greatest meeting of land and sea in the world. So, hey, you got three out of four ladies. That's pretty good. I mean, we take that on the golf course. Three out of every four shots struck well. I think we would all take that in all of our games. All right, Mick, uh, tell us a little bit about those past U.S. women's open venues. I know that, again, kudos to the KPMG PGA, uh, the PGA of America running that. They've started going to really great venues uh, after a lot of stinky ones for, for many, many years. Same thing with the U.S. Open. Uh, but I know you did a little bit of looking around at uh, some of the venues we've seen the last few years and where they are going. Yeah, so last year, U.S. Women's Open was at Pine Needles. Fun fact, I actually played it in August, shortly after the U.S. Women's Open, and it was a uh, it was a good good test, I can say. I uh, it kicked my butt. Um, before that, we were at Olympic Club and then Champions in Houston, Champions Golf Club in Houston, College of Charleston or Country Club of Charleston. So um, some good courses there. But looking forward to the future, um, I'm excited to, to see what the lineup is coming next year. It's at Lancaster Country Club in Pennsylvania. We've got Aaron Hills Riviera, Oakmont Pinehurst, Oakland Hills LACC. Um, where the men just played uh, and at the PGA Championship and then um, and Marion. So I'm really uh, excited to see this list of future venues too um, for the U.S. Women's Open playing some of the top, top courses in the country. Yeah, and of that list, I mean, to me what sticks out among many, Riviera. I mean, the ladies playing Riviera, that is going to be – I may have to – Man, I may, I may be, I'm a very staunch, like, don't go if you can't pay cash. There's so much cool stuff coming out. I may have to break the rules and take out a loan because I got to get to Riv for the Women's Open. I got to get to um, Cypress Point for the Walker Cup in 2025. Are you kidding me? I mean, you get, this is amazing, amazing golf courses coming up. Now, Mad Dog, you're, you're coming in, you're, you're born at the right time. Right, because if you're born ten years earlier, you get a, you would have had to play a bunch of stinky venues for your major championships. You're born at the right time. You're coming into a great, great time in women's golf, getting to play these great courses. I assume that's got to be uh, a big, big not only excitement factor, but uh, sort of a, it's about time sort of situation. What are your thoughts on on the uh, the upcoming lineup of U.S. Women's Open venues starting with Pebble Beach? I think it's awesome. Um, the fact that we're getting the opportunity now to play on courses as good as these ones are. And I mean, the men have played there as well. So we know they're good. We know they're going to be great at hosting big championships like this. I think it's an exciting time for women's golf. Um, I was at the KPMG last week where they played at um, Baltusrol. And that place was a beast. I was outside the ropes watching for the week, but gosh, it looked like the biggest challenge 
So I'm excited for what the next couple of years have in store. Yeah. Um, it's, it's awesome to see them playing some of these courses. So going back to how you got to the privilege of getting to play Pebble beach, um, what, tell us about the route you took to qualifying and how you, how you got to qualify for the U S women's open. Um, so I did my qualifier, um, down in Dallas. Um, I had just got back from nationals two days before, so it was a bit of a crazy situation. Um, I got back from nationals, hopped on a plane, flew down to Dallas, didn't have a practice round, went straight out and played the 36 holes, um, four under four under and was the medalist in low am. Um, I wasn't expecting it. It was kind of one of those, let's see how it goes situations. Um, and it worked out pretty well, I guess. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to break in here. I feel like the last time you were on, you told me that you turned up at Chambers Bay with either out much prep or something was happening. You didn't have all your clubs, some sort of like you didn't have a lot of time to prep and you go out there and play great. I mean, is it time to just abandon all preparation and, and just turn up free, whatever happens, happens? I mean, is this, is this your, your new MO? I joked with my parents about this. We were like, maybe practice rounds are overrated. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe all the only thing practice rounds do are Sometimes. like lets you know all the bad spots you don't want to miss, and that gets in your head, and you can't play free, right? So I, there may be something to that, at least for the first round. Um, although I just got done with a pod uh, that we posted last week about the uh, Corn Ferry Tour event that was recently in Oklahoma, and um, Brandon Hoff harped on preparation, preparation, preparation. So I don't know. We golfers, we'll, we'll chase anything that seems like a good idea to go out and play good golf. But that is impressive. That you roll up, shoot a couple four unders with no practice rounds, and you know, kind of fresh off of the, uh, fresh off of nationals. Very good. So very impressive. Very, very impressive. impressive. So you have experience at Pebble Beach, and not many ladies can say that because uh, Oklahoma State was invited to participate in the Carmel Cup, which had been a men's college event for many years before transitioning for the first time in the fall of 2022 to a women's college event. And so what specifically would you plan on kind of drawing from that experience uh, to use during U.S. Open Week? I think as a whole, it's just a comfort slash confidence boost going into the event. Um, I mean, I played good at the Carmel Cup. I think I came sixth or something like that. Um, so I know how to shoot low scores around there. Um, I think as a whole, it's just like having that experience playing the course, I'm not going in completely blind. I know what to expect from the course. I know um, like the misses and that kind of stuff. Um, I'm just interested to see how different it's going to play setup wise as a US Open compared to just like a college event because I've talked to a couple of people um, and they've said like they can potentially bring the fairways in and make them tighter. Um, Obviously, the greens I expect to be a lot firmer. Um, and then the rough could be a bit thicker here and there. But, I mean, it is a bit of a confidence boost going in, knowing that I've played the course before and I know that I can shoot low around there. Yeah, drawing on that, um, I'm curious, since you have played it before, what hole at Pebble Beach are you most looking forward to getting another crack at, either because it you know gave you fits or just simply excited to play it more times? 
Um, I think the coolest stretch of holes is probably six, seven, eight, nine, just because there's such crazy golf holes along the water. Um, I mean, six is so cool because it's this big par five up the hill along the cliffs. And then seven is obviously iconic. It's like that little par three. Eight is a crazy hole because you have to be so well placed off the tee. And then, I mean, I think everyone remembers Jordan Spieth hanging off the edge of that cliff um, a couple of years ago. So um, that stretch of holes is just incredible. And I'm so excited to be able to go back and play them again. That brings up a good point. Pebble Beach has to be right there with Augusta National in terms of courses that every golfer can picture all the holes, right? Or at least the super famous holes. You mentioned six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They're along the water. Uh, you know, that's akin to Amon Corner at Augusta National. That there, there's very few courses, I mean, even something like the old course. Right? Maybe you can kind of picture 18. Maybe you can picture 17. But a lot of times, uh, Lynx Golf, the genius is in the subtlety, where there is nothing subtle about Pebble Beach. You Golfers can picture the holes just like you laid them out. So we've all watched the the men really play there a ton, whether it be the, the clam bake, you know, now called the AT&T, the six U.S. Opens, Javi's USM. I kind of want to throw this to both of you, and, and Maddie, we'll, we'll start with you. How do you expect it to play specifically for the women versus how it plays for the men? I think as a whole, you're not going to see – crazy underpass scores um i think it's going to be a challenge especially if the weather i mean the weather there can be a bit crazy it can get cold it can get windy um that sea fog that comes in at this time of year like you can have everything thrown at you um and so it's going to be playing very difficult. I think um, there will probably be someone that goes out there and shoots um, a crazy score that no one thinks is going to happen. But I think as a whole, only a couple under par is probably going to get the job done. Um, I think it will probably be set up maybe not as firm as the men play it. Um, but I think they'll probably put our tees back a little bit, make it a little bit longer. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see. Mick, what are your thoughts there? I mean, you've played a ton of golf and a I ton of golf courses. Yeah. I've played a ton of golf, but not not at Pebble Beach. That's definitely high on the bucket list. Um, I walked out on number nine and eight and seven. I think I, I ate there. I ate there and then walked out on the course. But um, I agree. I think it's going to play tough. You know, it's U.S. Women's Open, so they're going to set it up to be, you know, a good test for everybody. And so I think it'll play tough as well. And um, I'm just, I'm excited to watch it. Um, you know, we've never seen women play it. So who knows how they're going to set it up, T um, markers and, and pins and all that. So I'm, I'm just excited to watch. I do feel like major championships, specifically the U.S. Open, the KPMG PGA, um, even the Chevron, to an extent, now that it's at a uh, more difficult golf course there in Houston, uh, the scoring has been higher than we're seeing on the men's side for, for majors in general. But that being said, I feel like for majors, the, the ladies who are playing well hit the ball so accurately that the, the deep rough 
and the the small greens because that is one thing that we haven't talked about yet is pebble is known for its very very small greens relative to to other courses on the lpga tour pga tour just, just tiny tiny targets um maddie what you know your specific skill set right i know we've followed your college career closely and i f- i feel like uh, we know you you know pretty well but that being said, I probably couldn't tell folks, you know, your specific skill that lends itself to high-level golf. So what would you say not only is your your top skill as a high-level golfer, but uh, how that skill will help you attack Pebble Beach specifically? I think as a whole, my putting is probably my biggest asset. Um, it has been um, throughout this whole year. I've done a lot of work on my putting. Um and there's a lot of confidence behind it at the moment. Um, I also would like to say I'm very accurate off the tee. Um, so I think that's going to play a big role um, at Pebble, especially because you don't want to be hitting into firm tiny greens out of the rough. So I think it's going to be key to hit fairways. Um, and with my past records, I generally hit a lot of fairways. So I think that's going to be a big help for the week. Yeah, I totally agree. The driving accuracy it's always important, but in U.S. Opens, like the, the difference in getting to hit your second shot, approach shot, I should say, um, from the fairway into these small greens versus hacking it out of the rough and just hoping you can somehow get up and down for a four is going to be a huge differentiator. And the putting, when you do happen to miss a fairway or miss a green, is going to be huge because getting up and down in a U.S. Open is really what either wins it or certainly has your suit scores to be in contention. Um, Mick, you brought up dining. That that uh, that gives me a question. You, since you did, you spend four or five days out there, Maddie, in the fall. It was several days, wasn't it? Yeah, we spent like five days out there. Okay, so I got to ask you. We got a lot of foodies listening to this pod. I I am not a foodie, like especially on a golf trip. I'll eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for ten straight days. I'm all about the golf, but got a lot of foodies. So, did you suss out any good kind of local dining spots? that uh, we need to be made aware of. Michaela, obviously you've been out there as well, so I'll ask you too. But Maddie, where, where do folks need to go eat while they're on Monterey? Um, when we were there for the tournament, the college event in the fall, they put on food for us every night. Um, but my dad and I were there um, in 2018 for um, the U.S. Junior that they hosted at Poppy Hills. Um, and we found some good places down on like the, the wharf that they've got, um, on the beachfront. Um, there's a, there's a really nice Italian place. Um, dad and I went to a really nice seafood place as well. Um, there's a pub that we went to. Um, there's a lot of good food down on that sea wharf. I do remember eating at the little lounge bar and grill where it's right in there. I know it has a name and it's escaping me, but, um, it was really good, so maybe check that out. Have you, JT, have you ever played Pebble Beach? Have you been there? I have never played Pebble Beach. Um, I'll, I'll kind of spare you my my soapbox on, on Pebble Beach and what it costs to play being able to go on a whole entire golf trip just for what the one round at Pebble Beach costs after you stay there and pay the green fee and all that, but... I was out there for the 2019, uh, yeah, 2019 U.S. Open that Gary Woodland won. I just happened to be driving from San Francisco down to L.A. between work kind of meetings, and 
like I, I got there at like 6 a.m., uh, left at 10 a, 10 a.m. or 11, just enough time to literally walk the whole property, watch Tiger hit a few balls in the range and, and jet it out. Uh, but then on another trip, I wasn't able to be at Pebble Beach, but I played Pacific Grove kind of in a solo road trip. And on the food front, there's a great, uh, great, great, great little spot. It's pretty close to the wharf, but it's called, uh, um, I think it's called, I don't know if it's pronounced Rosines or Rosines. Great minestrone soup. Because again, even in the summertime, a little chilly out there, so you want something a little warm. Great minestrone. I would highly recommend Rosines on the, on the food front. Again, even though I'm not a foodie. Uh, but I have not played, have been out there a couple times, and just a absolutely stunning, stunning part of, of sure. the country. Maddie, I got to ask you, um, the biggest story of the year, and maybe for a few years now, is the transition of Rose Zhang from college legend to uh, LPGA winner on her first start and bona fide star. Um, Two-part question. First, did you see this coming? Have you played against her in college uh, very much? And what is it about her and her game that is such a has been such a separating factor for her in the college game? And now the LPGA scene. Um, I've actually played a decent amount of golf with Rose. Um, I played a U.S. junior with her uh, back in 2019 and played a couple of college events with her um, recently. She is just an incredible player. Um, she doesn't do anything crazy special that like sticks out that you're like, wow, that's amazing. She's just very steady. Um, and she doesn't compound her mistakes. Like she just gets the job done. Um, she knows her own game. She is an incredible putter. Um, I actually played with her at the Carmel cup at Pebble beach, <laughs> which oh, was wow. crazy. Um, I played with her the day after she shot the course record there. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she is one of the most humble people. She's got a great personality. Um, I did expect her to go on and be successful. The dominance she had in college golf was unmatched. Like that was crazy to have played what 12 events over this last year. And she won like 11 of them or something and finished top 10 in the one that she didn't win. Like that's unheard of. It's amazing. Um, and then to go out and after she's won back-to-back individual national titles and then go and win your first professional event. Like that's insane. Um, I'm very happy for her. And I think she's going to have a lot of success going forward. Um, and hopefully I'll be competing against her for those wins in the next coming years. We hadn't seen that kind of dominance on the, on the college scene. And I'm not sure ever <laughs> for a really long time anyways. And yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch and Maddie's coming after her. Look out, Rose. Mad Dog Mad Dog is coming. I So you're saying that Rose, being the course record holder, may be a player uh, to watch uh, coming into the week. I would say so. Um, <laughs> I think – I can't remember exactly what her score was, but she shot it in the second round. I think it was close to, like, nine under or something. Like, it was ridiculous. Everyone was, like, losing their mind when she came in and shot that score at the tournament. Well, maybe I need to revise my prediction of the scores being uh, around par or, wow. or being a tough scoring course. Now, just just wait. You know, you know, Bodenhammer and the boys tend to uh, tend to toughen things up versus, to Maddie's point earlier, 
uh, a, a casual college event uh, slipping into the, the college golf season. I, I would expect there not to be any 63 shot. And if there are, kudos to the ladies, but uh, probably be a little bit different. Mick, we didn't really prep for this, but before we kind of get into some more you know, Maddie-specific questions, who are kind of your uh, few players that you're really excited to see play out at Pebble uh, for the U.S. Women's Open and uh, maybe uh, make a pick or two? Well, knowing that Rose has the course record, she'll be uh, she'll be one that I've got my eye on. I still think um, Jin Young Ko is hanging around playing some pretty good golf. <laughs> Ryan and Yin, Ryan and Yin uh, won this last week at Baltusrol, so um, she's been playing pretty good all year too. So I would expect her to continue her stellar play um, into the U.S. Women's Open. It seems like it's coming up quick. It's like we just had the KPMG. Only a few days in between and, and heading into U.S. Women's Open Week. So I would expect some of the um, girls that played well this last week at the KPMG to kind of continue their momentum, you know, into the U.S. Women's Open. So I agree with that. And to the point on Yin, no one saw, no one was talking about her, yet they should have been. I mean, I think she's like top two strokes gained tee to green for the entire season. Nobody was talking about her. However, I don't think it's from disrespect I think they're unlike the men's game where major winners these days are going to come out of that top 10, 15 in the world. Like the women's game to me in a relative sense is much deeper and you can get players that seemingly quote come out of nowhere. And it's not really coming out of nowhere. It's just that on a podcast or on a uh, golf central preview or on a article out on the internet, you know, you can't talk about 50 people in a, in the course of a 45 minute show and so I, I think that that is an interesting dynamic with the ladies' game. I agree. I agree with you on Jin Young Ko. I, I feel like this one, uh, you know, present company excluded. I think Mad Dog is going to be one of our, our favorites because you've been playing amazing golf. I mean, it's like there are no poorer rounds as of late, all the way going back into the spring. I think this screams Minji Lee to me. I mean, she is an absolute baller. She seems to have a little bit of swag to her. I think that uh, she tends to rise to the occasion. So if I was going to make a pick, uh, I'm, I'm going to go Minji Lee for the uh, for the Open, folks. The scenery at Pebble Beach uh, clearly unmatched. I mean, it's beautiful. It's picturesque. It's been photographed the world over. I will say, uh, not too far down the list in terms of scenery and picturesque settings is Boiling Springs Golf Club out in Woodward, Oklahoma, a sand belt gym right there in Woodward County. Summertime's a great time to get out, enjoy the bountiful sunlight, and play unlimited golf at Boiling Springs through their stay-and-play package. You can get a night at the Candlewood Suites, unlimited golf, because one round at Boiling Springs is never enough, for the low, low price of $80 if you're sharing with a buddy, $110 if you're rolling solo. Go to BoilingSpringsGolfClub.com to sign up for your stay-and-play package. Enter YSO Golf in the additional information section, and we'll hook you up with a limited edition Boiling Springs, your still-out golf hat, complimentary of Boiling Springs Golf Club. Maddie, speaking of Sandbelt Golf, you know our resident Australian on the pod, I saw that Kingston Heath is going to be hosting the President's Cup in 2028, I believe is the date. A, 
pretty exciting. I assume if it works in the schedule, you'd like to get down there for that. But just in general, when do you see yourself getting back down to Australia? Is it going to be that typical summertime, December time frame? I'm excited that it's going to be at Kingston Heath. Um, I've played that place a couple of times, and I think it's a great championship. Um, I'm actually going back home after the U.S. Open for three weeks. Oh, nice. So that's going to be nice. It'll be interesting. I've just seen Kingston Heath on television and a lot of uh, videos. No Laying Up has a great feature uh, from their early production days on Kingston Heath. But it seems like a pretty tight piece of property, uh, I know that, is that where they had the women's, uh, or I guess the dual kind of Australian Open last year, my off base? Yeah, yeah, we played it, um, we played, because that was such a big field, we played for club and Kingston Heath, um, so I actually have played it quite recently. It's tough, it's really tight off the, off the tee, and if you go off the fairway, the little shrub bushes that they've got around that place, like, you've got no chance. Can't get in the tea tree. Can't get in that tea tree. Now, it'll be interesting to see how they set it up infrastructure-wise because that's a, since it's such a tight piece of property, like a President's Cup build-out is, is huge. Uh, Royal Melbourne has a lot more space, and even they had kind of a difficult time figuring out how to fit those things in there. So that'll be something that's interesting for us infrastructure nerds to, to check out. Uh, but I figure when I saw that come across the Twitter feed this week, I, I immediately thought of you, knowing that uh, you have some intimate knowledge of Kingston Heath. So uh, after your three-week trip back home, what other events do you have on your calendar for the summer? Maybe the U.S. Women's Am, or what do you got going on? After I go back home, I'm actually heading over to Spain. Um, I've been selected to play in the Patsy Hankin Trophy, which is an Asia-Pacific versus European Teams Championship. Um, I haven't qualified for the U.S. Am. It wasn't really on my schedule, Um but I think if I complete 72 holes at the U.S. Women's Open, I get into the USM. So we'll see how that goes. That might be a decision I have to make. Um, and then I'll come back uh, to the U.S. after Spain. And then school starts on the 21st, I think. Um, and then I'm going to Q school for the first stage of Q school, uh, like two days after school starts. <laughs> Yeah, actually, Mick, I was going to say, I, I'm not so sure about the, the U.S. Women's Am or Amateur Golf. I kind of thought, uh, Maddie, with a great finish at the U.S. Women's Open, you might you know, just turn professional at some point this summer. So it sounds like that's definitely on your, on your radar. What are the early thoughts on your, on your pro, pro plans? I'm going to stay an amateur until I graduate. I want to graduate um, and finish my degree. So that'll be until next May. Um, I'm just going to Q school now to get some sort of status to prepare myself for when I graduate. Um, and I also need to start the process of getting visas and stuff um, because that's a bit of a long, grueling process. So the earlier I can start that, the better. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, and maybe this is in our uh, your your third appearance on the pod, but we need to dive into you know navigating the world of professional golf as a, a female golfer when it comes to uh, whether it's sponsorships or how you set up your life. That's always a fun conversation to have, uh, and for some reason, specifically with ladies, how they transition from college or amateur golf to professional so i'll hold me to it we'll loop back and, and kind of get maybe it's a post q school pod as as um, 
as regular school gets started. So we know you're out there at uh, Karsten Creek, kind of practicing, getting ready for Pebble Beach. Um, and it's kind of a, it's a bit, definitely a beast of a golf course for both men and women. What are your thoughts on this upcoming renovation? We've uh, uh, heard maybe it's going to make it even tougher. Rumor has it. What, are, what do you know? Um, I think it's pretty hard to make Karsten Creek tougher than it already is. Um, but uh, from what I've heard, the renovations are going to be pretty crazy. They're rerouting some of the holes and um, going to change quite a bit from what I did. At the moment, they're clearing a lot of the trees stuff to make way for where the fairways are going to go and all kinds of stuff. Um, Coach Holder wants to make it like the toughest course ever. So I'm interested <laughs> to see how it's going to be when it's all finished um, because knowing Coach Holder, it probably will be the toughest course ever. Um, I definitely think for the men at the moment, it plays way easier than it does for us girls. Um, the men can go out there and shoot quite a lot a lot under par, whereas for us women, um, I mean, if I shoot three under around casting, that's a really, really good day for me. Um, so I'm interested to see when it's all finished, what a good score is going to be. Mick, how many times have you been up there? Have you played up there quite a bit, I assume? Uh, probably less than five times. Not very, not very many. I'm curious as it exists now. I mean, and this is a question for either of you and, and Maddie having a lot more experience there were the more forward tee boxes sort of an afterthought whenever it was originally designed or do the teeing options um, make sense and from a strategic standpoint and a, and a playability standpoint? I'm kind of curious because a lot of times courses that are designed either for the uh, the way back tees uh, in terms of a championship golf course or maybe the one-ups that a lot of members play. But I'm curious, getting some uh, female insight into uh, is it well-designed for women golfers or is it a bit of an afterthought as it relates to teeing grounds and things of that nature? Um, I feel like it was probably a little bit of an afterthought. Um, we generally play sort of the middle ground tees um, when we're out there playing, but every now and again, the coaches will switch it up and chuck us off some of the forward tees, like on number two in qualifying. Sometimes we'll play way up on that forward tee um, and we can drive the green, which makes it interesting when we're playing qualifying. Um, but yeah, we generally play the middle sort of tees. I have played off the back tees a couple of times with the guys. Um, and that's kind of impossible. That is so long. I can barely carry the water on 17 and 18. It'll be interesting to see if in the renovation, because the women's golf program has really really had a lot of success, grown in stature over the last decade or so. If there is some thought from Andrew Green on designing all of the teeing grounds to kind of make sense uh, with the flow of the golf course, that's uh, something as a golf architecture nerd. I think more courses would do that instead of just, ah, we're just going to mow. Karsten Creek doesn't do this, but most courses just kind of mow a spot, throw some red tees out there and say, yeah, that's good enough. So hopefully there's some thought put into that at Karsten Creek. All right. We are about 40, 42 minutes in. I know that you've got practice to do. I know that you're about to leave town to get out to Monterey, Mad Dog. But I, with both of you, I want to play a little game we're going to call Would You Rather. Okay, it's a very juvenile game that my nine-year-olds play a lot with 
choices that I don't like either one of the things. You know, it's like, would you rather eat uh, slime or you know, eat bugs? We're not going to do that to you guys. We are going to give you choices between um, golf-related things, and you're each going to tell me what would you rather do. First thing up, would you rather hit a three-wood off the deck to a over-water par five or hit a flop shot from below the green over a bunker to a short-sided pin? Maddie, you're up first. Three wood over the water. <laughs> All right. More confident in the uh, in finding the club face there than uh, with the, the short sided pin. It may, makes sense. Mick, what do you got? Are you are you a, a ball striker or are you a short gamer? Oh man, probably the three wood over the water. So unpack that. One of you unpack that for me, Maddie. Why? Why is that the case? Just because uh, the stress of of the uh, short sided. Um, yeah, a little bit, but I also feel like nine times out of 10, I'd probably hit my three wood pretty good and carry that water pretty easily. Higher percentage play than uh, getting up and down from the short sided. All right. Next, would you rather, would you rather play Augusta National Golf Club one time and one time only or have Masters badges for life. Mick, I'm oh. starting with you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I, well, since I've already been, I think my answer is tainted, but I'm going to go play once because I don't know. I mean, if that's ever going to happen, I mean, I would love it to. High, high, high on the bucket list. Once again, along with Pebble Beach. Um, but yeah, definitely play it once. Maddie? I'm going to have to go the same. I would take the play once. That is like on my bucket list. <laughs> I think that uh, is a fairly common answer there. Okay, last one on the would you rather game. Would you rather go on a Lynx golf trip to Scotland or a desert golf trip in the middle of winter where it's cold everywhere else with all your lady friends so we're going scottish lynx golf or desert golf in the winter scottish lynx golf scottish lynx golf i am with maddie on that one too it's gotta go scottish it's also on my list of things i'd like to do in my lifetime so we're we're, we're in total alignment we, we want to hit a three wood over yep. the water at Augusta National and then immediately leave for a Scottish golf trip. That would be the lineup there on the Wood. <laughs> right? I <laughs> love it. Love it. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> well, you know, I, this is a little bit, uh, I, have a, I have a busy schedule today recording a lot of pods. Our, our, our guy, Justin Hoppick, a fellow Karsten Creek member, uh, Mad Dog, uh, jumping into the proceedings here. Uh, hop, hop, any, any, any questions for Maddie before we, before we let her go? No, I don't have any questions, but, uh, since I'm here, I did want to tell, she probably didn't tell, uh, there's a shot that she hit, um, back in the regionals that, that lives rent free in my head. Um, I'd like to tell a quick story about Maddie. Uh, it was regionals last year, 2022 on hole 13. Maddie, do you know what, do you know what shot I'm talking about? Hole 13. 
Oh, was it the one out of the bunker? Yes. That was awesome. Was, <laughs> oh, my. I, I'm, I'm glad it, it, you still remember that shot, and it wasn't just a normal shot for you because for the listeners at home, hole 13 is the tightest fairway out at Carson Creek. It's regionals, pressure on the line. She's in the right bunker, and the right bunker is nasty because it's got like a four-foot lip. And, not, and that's not the hard part. The hard part is that there's trees overhanging all the way down. So you've got to hit like this, get it over the lip. And she hit this like laser punch that carried the lip, stayed under, landed short of the green and went running up on and buried the putt for, she turned a double into a birdie. <laughs> I do remember that shot. I hit a six iron out of that bunker. A six iron to carry that? Yeah. <laughs> That, that it was sick and it lives rent free in my head for, I tell all, whenever we're there and, and I'm with a new member, like, or a guest about that shot. <laughs> Man, you're just making impressions on people all over the world. Maddie, thank you so much for spending some time with us during your prep for us women's open week. We will be watching very, very, very intently and rooting you on uh, from uh, from back here in Oklahoma. Well, Mikhail will be rooting you on from back here in Oklahoma. Hoppe can I actually be on that Scottish golf trip, not to make you too, too jealous, but uh, we'll be watching it oh, well yeah. into the night. <laughs> uh, folks, whether you are at Karsten Creek, Lincoln Park, Boiling Springs, or even one of the lucky few that get to stroll the fairways of Pebble Beach Golf Links or Augusta National, always, always, always get out there and enjoy the walk. Oh, 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 oh,